0: Chapter Fifteen of the Pony Rider Boys in Alaska. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Michelson. The Pony Rider Boys in Alaska by Frank G. Patchen. Chapter Fifteen: The Story in the Dead Fire. It was an hour past daylight on the following morning when Tad, who had got up early, shouldered his rifle and stalked out of camp, returned. The other boys were just out of their beds, heading for a spring to wash their eyes open. Tad did not show himself to them at once. There was no real reason for his caution, save that he was a woodsman and therefore always cautious as to the moves he made. Anvik caught sight of him instantly, and Tad beckoned. The guide did not appear to have observed the signal, but taking up his hatchet, as if going out for wood, he strode from the camp also. And Butler, seeing that the guide was coming, turned and walked briskly away from the camp. The freckle-faced boy led for a short quarter of a mile straight over the plateau, a thickly wooded, rugged plain. Then he halted, waiting for the guide to come up. Tad pointed to a heap of ashes the remains of a campfire. Huh, grunted the Indian. Someone has been here before us, nodded Tad. And not so very long ago, I should say. What do you make of it, Anvik? You see em? Butler nodded. What you see? A dead campfire. Huh, heap much. What else you see? I see a few things, Anvik. Of course I can't see as much as you do. But I should say this camp was not more than a day old. This fire was blazing yesterday. The ashes aren't the right color for a very old one. One sun, grunted the Indian. It looks to me as if there have been two men here. Am I right? Heap good. Two men. Leave big hurry. Him go that way. Stay here two hour. Wonder why big hurry? Perhaps they wanted to get somewhere some place for which they had set out in a hurry. They had two ponies in pretty heavy packs. Anvik nodded. White boy much wise. Him see almost like Indian. My father, him shaman. Him teach Anvik see many things. White boy, him see almost as much as Anvik. Where do you think they are going? Not know. Perhaps they are miners prospecting for a claim. Anvik shook his head. Too much big hurry, no prospect. Maybe go get Claim, maybe see him again. I hope we do. It would be pleasant to have some company in this wild place. They went in that direction when they broke camp. Is that the way we go?" asked Tad. We follow em trail. Then let's go back and get ready to move. The pair strode back without another word, the Indian's admiration for the freckle-faced boy having increased greatly since Tad had beckoned him from the camp. Shortly after noon they were casting about for a favorable place in which to make their midday halt. Ned Rector, who was riding to the right of the others, uttered a shout. "'What is it?' cried Tad. "'There has been a campfire here.' "'How did you find it?' wondered Tad. "'My pony walked through it and kicked up the ashes. Who do you suppose it could have been?' I'm sure I don't know. See anything about the remains of the fire that tells you anything?" No. What is there to see, Tad?" It takes a woodsman to see things, declared Stacy Brown, getting from his saddle and gravely strolling to the heap of ashes, into which he thrust one hand. Well, grinned Tad, ashes warm. Haven't been away from here very long. Great, cried the boys. You are a wonder nodded Butler approvingly. But you all missed the other one. The other what? demanded Ned. The other campfire. There was another right near where we camped last night. In that case, the ashes were cold. The travelers haven't made as much progress today as I should have thought they would, and it looks to me as though they thought they were moving rather too rapidly and had slowed down a little. What do you say, Amvik? Huh, grunted the Indian which Tad interpreted as meaning that he was right. The professor was much interested in the discovery, and asked Tad and Anvik many questions about the earlier discovery. Still, there was not much to be learned. A stranger in this wild place was something to attract the attention and cause speculation and discussion, so during the rest of the hour they talked of little else. Tad thought they would come up with the two strangers, but the guide shook his head. Him go north, Anvik go northwest, no see. We shall see by tomorrow. I have an idea that we are going to catch up with our friends before we get across the mountains, averred Tad confidently. Lunch is ready, announced the professor. And speaking of food, I'm a little hungry myself, said Tad with a laugh. I really am glad there is no one in our outfit with a delicate appetite. Walt, do you remember what a dainty picker you were when we first went out together? Yes, I have changed since then, haven't I?" I should say you have. From a delicate little chap you've gotten to be a regular whopper. Yes, I reckon we've all grown some, agreed Chunky. But if this kind of going continues, we'll all shrink away to nothing. You will be able to lift a house after you have finished this journey, laughed Tad. I don't want to lift a house. I've got all I can do to lift myself. Soon after the party started on. To meet with a surprise ere they had gone far on their journey. End of chapter fifteen.